so you know how they use people who fit identities to be identity politic warriors for them, like Candace Owens and other mm-hmm. people like that, who are like, honest, he's their rich guy identity warrior, culture warrior. <laughs> he's their he's their person who's like, oh, that's my rich guy who makes who like allows to justify all of my thinking. The way, you know, the one guy thinks about this. Right. You know, he's that, <laughs> I, I never thought about this before. He is the No, that's so brilliant. Darwin. You're going to say, oh, wow, Darwin's trolling me. Because Darwin, free speech deserves to be defended. Do you not believe in the idea of GDP and aggregate demand? You are 100% wrong here. I know you don't like I'm it. You, I'm telling you to start thinking about reality, not what you want to be true. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Lofty Darwinism. It is uh, another day in the attempted coup of Donald Trump uh, that's not working, but yet indicted Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, is leading the charge of idiots up Mount Stupid uh, to the Supreme Court of people who I hope to God do not even give them the time of day to allege voter fraud in states where every single case has been shot down by the courts is incredible. Darwin? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this whole situation is like, it's an example of how hard it is in the political world in an age of like information bubbles. People are just living in alternate realities. It's hard to like capitalize anything it's hard to say that anything is like dramatically worse than the thing that came before it and so when you have an election that has been all completely 100% certified in every state and they're literally casting their votes in a couple of days you have 17 state attorney generals based on evidence that has been thrown out of like 40 out of 41 court cases de- declaring that states that voted for a, the separate candidate just shouldn't vote and they're like like i it, yeah it's it's like you can't find the words to describe the level of outrage but then kind of that's the point and that's like that's just the we just need to look at that cold political reality like we i'm sorry but the trump supporters online that are buying into this nonsense are 100 percent full crap and i just don't know how how far down the moderation road i can go with it because like i believe in science man i'm named darwin i believe in truth you're either lying (laughs) or you're stupid and either one cannot rule the day and it's like like i said to you this on 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 facebook it's like you remember in like the, the the subprime mortgage crisis, right? What happened was they took all of these bad bets, but when you combined them all, they were like, "Well, I guess all combined, they're a great bet because how could they all fail simultaneously? That's ridiculous." And I feel like that's what's happening with like these Trump arguments. He's just putting so much out there that the supporters are like, "Wow, I mean, like, there's this all of this evidence. It couldn't all be totally bullshit, could well, it?" Okay. <laughs> There's a there's a really bad betting strategy that can like work if it doesn't fuck you really hard in the long run, which is like just keep doubling down until you win like two in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and uh, like to some degree, 
that's what he's doing? Like, you know, it's like double or nothing. And Tim, like, we're like way down now, man. Like, uh, it's yeah. a long, yeah, it's a long way back, uh, is what I would say. Um, but, and like you know, so many of these are Trump appointees. So many of them are like just straight up Republicans. Like, and that's the funniest part about this. I feel like every Republican who is not directly responsible for one of the actual levers of power is in full conspiracy mode. And everyone who had to actually look at the evidence and pull the lever, except for like those weird canvassers in Michigan, every one of them to a T has been like, nope. Biden won. It's obvious he got the most votes and and whoever wins the most votes in our constitution is the person who gets the electors and and this and we counted the votes and we counted them again and you said, "Hey, what about like if aliens came down and planted ballots?" and we looked at that and even like William fucking Barr, whose main legacy up to this moment had been that he ran interference for Donald Trump in the Mueller in- investigation. Like, yeah, like even he's on, but, not on your side. <laughs> like Bill Barr's wet dream is a competent tyrant for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Like he wants a unilateral, incredibly strong executive because he believes that. Like, and there is some merit to this. Like, without it there are internal divisions that can tear down a country. And like mm-hmm. things that can like really go wrong. Like things like you need, you let the executive do what they do because at the end of the day, like something has to have like the in power and he can give a whole, like there's a lot to that, right? I don't agree with it, but he just wants someone to make the shit plausible. So that the executive gets to do whatever the executive wants to do. And Trump just can't even begin to make anything plausible. And it's just wild. And, like, I don't want that. I'm glad. Thank you, Trump, for being not good at this. Yeah, not good at this. And also, like, you know, let's not forget that all of this started because we're in the middle of a pandemic that he called a hoax. You know, like, to his credit, he hasn't made every single wrong decision. But he's obviously gotten... What's that about Fox, (laughs) Right. He's got a lot of egg on his face. And because of that, we overly relied on mail-in voting because we're trying to limit exposure to other people. Okay. And, and, and I got to stop with my vote. I get, this is my hobby horse. I press it again. Republicans across this country, every election before now, have kicked Democrats' ass with mail-in voting. There was literally no reason. He needed to be like this about mail-in voting. Well, Unless there was, was if, in fact, your main strategy is not to win, but to cultivate but he loyalty. He could have probably won in these states if he had just been like he could have won this election. Like there's, like, but he, yes, what he needed to, what he needed to invent was, and he very obviously invented it. Let's be yeah. very clear about that. What he needed to invent was the perception of a democratic apparatus that was using machinery to attack Donald Trump. Yeah. That's he because because he he managed to play the victim in the whole 
Russia, you know, like like hacking our elections nonsense, you know, like and he uh, and when I say nonsense, I mean like the nonsense that the Russia created like that actually happened, by yeah. the way. And by the way, side note, you remember B- Maria Butina, you know, like yeah. remember how that was has been sh- cycled into the shelf of the Russia collusion hoax for all these Trump voters. Okay, well, guess what? They're all sharing on social media right now. Something that is actually objectively hilarious, which is that apparently Eric Swalwell slept with like a Chinese Communist Party member. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> like here's the thing. And it's like, okay, I'm like if, if that bothers you, sure, fine. Welcome to the yeah. world well, we have been in for the past five years. Well, Roy Cohn was having sex with men every single day and Joe McCarthy while accusing people of being gay and communist. And like, so this isn't new to the right. This isn't, a, like, I mean, I, it's, it's I mean, just look, not. That's politics, baby. But here's the thing. This is just so much further out on the ledge than any of these people seem to be willing to admit. And they're they're in it together. And it's like a piping hot fever dream. Like, it must feel like, sexy. To be on this movement, like... Aren't there just, like, five other ways in the... Like, I don't understand. I'm really, in the long term, if you're the Republican Party, like, you can make... You can make changes. You can... Like, voters do not stay in the same place all the time. Like, the thought that you can't persuade... Like, you can't persuade anybody else by being just better at this. Like, I, I just... If they've given up on all of it. Yeah, and like, and look, if you had executed this half as competently, if Trump wasn't such a goddamn idiot, you might have survived this with, okay, he lost, but there were a lot of questions about the election that maybe an Andrew Yang might say, voters need secure elections just as a way to kind of like be nice. But like, you haven't even cleared that bar. You are tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist idiots, and 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 there's nothing else to say about this whole denying the vote. So on that thing. note, <laughs> the tragedy, Darwin, the tragedy, Mandalorian, episode fourteen. You watched it, right? You've oh, watched yeah. the most recent episode. I, I liked it. I thought it was a very nondescript episode to me. You thought I, bringing back Boba Fett was nondescript? Okay, so so I saw that on the internet. So is that that guy, that old guy? That's Boba Fett. Yeah, that's Boba Fett from who who like fell into the Sarlacc pit in uh, Return of the Jedi, whose father was Jango Fett in the Attack of the Clones. Who's who is the clone for all of the clones? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it literally—it's too so much like, canon solved, for me. <laughs> no, but like it solved the trilogy that you lived through, right? And mm. the, the, you know the actual like so like an Attack of the Clones. Like you're like, why? Who is this guy? And you're like, is he a Mandalorian? And you don't realize that now. You're looking back, and he was Mandalorian, and he's Jango Fett's dad, and he's the same guy who all the clones were based based on. And so mm. it just changes, or it confirms the canon and makes it make sense. And so those Mandalorians were a group, like that Mandalorian was a trained Jedi hunter and like a trained Jedi, like anti-Jedi warrior, like the Mandalorians were. Okay. And that's who they cloned to make every single clone for Order 66 that would eventually turn on the clone, on the Jedi and murder them. 
Okay. And so that's why it's such a big deal. And like, also, it's kind of cool. Is it a big like deal? Yeah, doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> either way, like, also to see that fighting style, it's Robert Rodriguez. Now, maybe you didn't like it because, like, you're I like, why I are they? Like it. I didn't dislike it. Maybe you're like, why are they? Why are they in Malibu Canyon? I obviously know they're in Southern L. I know they're in Southern California. Uh, it you know, like, did look I, up I, like I can like spot the exact yeah. places they were at, but, but, but that's just filmmaking. But I, I thought. Like, yes, for canon people, it was, I thought, very big, but, like, less... I thought it was just basic canon stuff. Like, Jack Boba Fett is, like, every basic Star Wars fan's favorite alternative character. Not even, like, deep Star Wars fans. Like, mm-hmm. Ahsoka is a deep Star Wars fan character. Boba is, like, I like Star Wars in the 70s, and he had cool armor. Like, that's him. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, but I, I liked it. Uh, and also... Wait, so, um, so, so, you said tragedy, but also... That's the name of the episode. Because the baby, baby Yoda, got taken. Oh. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, late for that. But yeah, spoiler alert. You obviously this is coming. Um, you know, Baby Yoda gets taken. That was what it was called. And so when you see, like, that's what it would show the memes of. The the the, the, the episode at the front titled The Tragedy. You're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Wait, I, and you just see things going down. Who's the, who's that actor? Is it uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Is that... His name, uh, who plays the bad guy? Yes, uh, Moff uh, Gideon. Y- yeah, yeah, I guess that's who that is. Yeah, he, he's got himself kind of like a one-track uh, career so far. Well, you right? know, sometimes <laughs> you get cast for the right role, and like you just keep doing it. It's like, like you look. know, like this guy who knifes you with a smile. You know, like he seems to have completely cornered the market on those characters you know like you know, like, copy no, paste okay. into whatever show. But, <laughs> show. but we have to say so this is but it's also the beginning of the part of the heist movie dude like they're gonna be like god you know you son of a bitch i'm in like that's gonna be the next episode <laughs> but, and I, and I, like, I, here's the thing i like, love it i felt like they got the Moskidian character in for that final episode and i thought he was great for that final episode but i have not been as thrilled with them bringing him back and now he's just like the, a stock villain you know like i feel like season one escalated each episode it felt like there was like a new threat a new paradigm whereas i feel like we've kind of settled into more of a lull in season two that's a little more you know just kind of like see like i don't like i mean uh, i think it, I, it's weird for you to say that when you like when they actually blow up the new you know essentially the new millennium falcon in an episode which is something like a lot of Star Wars shit wouldn't do. Okay, look, look, like, like, th- this was a cool episode. I liked it. I liked the seeing stone or whatever. I I, I, I liked the episode, you know? Like, I, I, I thought it was good, you know? Like, I, I didn't think... Have to do that stuff, but, like, I, I think it's interesting because Moff Gideon, like, there's just a lot of stuff happening. Like, there is a bunch of stuff happening there um, because, like, that's part of... The Darksaber thing was is a thing. Like, that's all been going through. We'll see how deep they go, but... They're going to expand this universe so massively, and they're going to tell so many stories, right? They're doing the Kenobi series next. Like, that's that's going to be... We'll see if that's any good. I mean, Ewan McGregor's a good actor. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I, You know, I mean, well, this arguably... Is, this, this, is, this is the nature of modern art, man. And, like, okay, look, I, I it's December. I've got my list of the top 10 works of art of 2020, you know, like, I'll probably release that on, I guess, the website. We were talking about it earlier. Um, you know, like, uh, 
you know, like I, 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 2020 like laid me low, man. Like I, I was working on that list of 50, the top 50 works of art of the 2010s for more than a year. And the last post I made was like January 31st. And then like that was about when COVID hit and everything just started going downhill. And that was like – that was a few days before the Democratic primary. That was a few days uh, after Donald Trump got impeached, correct? Um it's been a hell of a year, Donald man. Trump got, I mean, Donald Trump got impeached, you know, like in January. I mean, it's it's been it, he he started getting impeached before the beginning of this year. Again, it has been a long. What, year. what what's exciting to me is that like you you felt like most of the time this whole year when we recorded, it was because something big had happened, and this. Tonight, you wanted to record mostly because something in art had happened, was top well, of mind for you. But yeah, isn't that because yes. that is kind of you can glimpse the no, other no. side. You can glimpse no, no, it. the vaccine is coming. Like, like we're getting closer to it. Where, like, where wanna... we settle back into something approximating. You don't have an, a maniacal narcissist. Putting himself at the center of attention all the time. Okay, so let's we let's, have our let's lives blend back. the two together. Let's but you decided let's blend the two together with the story from the New York Post from the Israeli former scientist that the Intergalactic Federation uh, of yeah, yeah, exists. Yeah, yeah. yeah we need to talk about that. <laughs> and that we are not ready, and so they are not coming down, they don't want to tell us, and they told Trump knows about it, and they convinced Trump not to tell everybody. And here's the thing: it's a very plausible lie. Do I think there are aliens? Sure. If they can get to us and they saw us, do I think they'd say, huh, these are people we want to interact with? No. So, like, it's very plausible. Our fiction says that this is what will happen. Like, from, like, you know, I mean, even if with South Park parodies, like, we're gonna, they're going to come down, we're going to kill, you know, Baby Fox McGee's axe and take all the space bucks. And they're going to tell us how space bucks are stupid and you're all not ready for the Intergalactic Federation. Like, it seems plausible. However, it's not probably true. Like, and who, like what would you do if it was true? Like, how, how would it change your life? I was like, what does it matter if it's true? First of all, it would be very 2020 to close us out on, uh, you know, on aliens. aliens, you know? With like, the monolith and stuff? Yeah. Uh, but, okay. Look, I... I Occam's razor does not put this at being there are aliens. Look, man. Okay, first of all, can we talk about like, Occam's razor was blown up in the tragedy, sir? That's razor crest. Uh, <laughs> well, Occam's razor, razor says, the ship. Just side note: it, it I, I never the razor really crest. The, the razor, razor crest. crest. That was a pretty cool ship. I, you know, look, it was. It, and it just blew it to smithereens. It's never coming back. They they let it survive. They put it together with fish string. On the Mon Cal, for the Mon Calamari people, they, which is they blew it up ever. to make more room to appreciate the name Grogu. That's yeah, that's yes, that's okay. what it, that was. But but when the aliens come and they and they find us, um, look, the, there's yeah. there's this thing called the speed of light, and it it's a bitch. It sucks. The speed of light pushes back on you. It's a force. The faster you get. The closer you get to the speed of light, the more resistance you encounter, which means that on almost any level of imagination, 
that could realistically be imparted onto the current universe. There's no way any fucking alien species is getting to us in this secret Mars basey style thing. At most, if we actually find other species in the planet, it's going to be via these like radio waves that take like 50 years to travel. You know, like like we're we're gonna we're gonna we've got all these satellites pointed towards space, trying to decipher, you know, like frequencies, like images, anything like that. If we if we found one, you know, maybe maybe, but I, but I, I, uh, I there's no, no there's no Mars base at, I, okay, at oh, minimum. Oh, I, you know, like I was <laughs> never thinking there was a Mars base part of this. Like, I when's that been part of this? I I mean, now to be fair, like you would like. Any any advanced civilization that could get to us would have almost all of the science fiction fiction technology we discuss for advanced travel. Like if they didn't, they wouldn't make it here. Like we don't know how it works. We you're right. All our understanding of it is that it can't work. However, the human imagination has imagined ways through this that we have not built yet. And like that's kind of been the course of human history. So like I think there's going to be a world where we either create this. Or we don't. And the freaking universe is so much bigger than us. So, like, do I think they're here? Probably not. But maybe. And, like, uh, you know, it's, it's like, what would you do if it mattered? Like, what would you do if it was, if it was true? There's a, there's a great um, episode of Cosmos. Uh, I, I think the new season is coming out right now in which Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, you know, we're, we're trying to, like, find evidence of alien life. But what if we can't even understand the life that we have here? And he kind of he he revealed to me something that I, I I had actually not known, which is you know, if it wasn't humans who took over the world, it would have been insects. Like that's that's just the thing you have to understand. And you, you understand like be, like bees and ants and all these things. Like they have like these complex systems of communication. But do you understand that we can actually we read bee language? We know how the bees talk to each other. Like th- they With have the reason, a, yes. Well. Like, for instance, my point is that th- there are signals that the bees make, body dances, actually, where they flutter their wings, and we can read them and intuit what they mean. They mean, you know, like, okay, there's a food source or something that's toward the sun or away from the sun. How much? By this. You know, like, we can tell what they're saying, and we can tell what information they're delivering to other bees. Like, this species is talking to each other. Like, like intelligent right. life might be right uh, around. I think, I think, no, I definitely think that's true. And the two bees created true. flowers. Like, <laughs> don't go the, the earth is a giant super organism. Like that is maybe not in perfect contact with itself and probably not the way we even understand. Like, like we do have contact with these. Like it's not, we, we don't understand how they speak, but we have contact and communication with nature all the time. We feel better when we have it. We also are the beings which are creating rocket ships, right? Like the two things hold true. We are the well, beings okay. that came straight from yes. this earth and we're the beings that are going to have to figure a way off it. And that's going to be the well, weird here, part. Okay, so I, I'm, 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 I've been reading this book. It's, it's the social conquest of earth. It's basically like what can we learn from – from species that hang out with each other in large groups. And, you know, with, with a few exceptions, like the, the, there really are only two groups that, that stand out and it's not dolphins. It's, it's humans slash primates and insects. 
specifically bees and ants, you know, like, but, but, but hornets, uh, and, um, uh, termites and, you know, like a variety of these things. But like the problem with insects, it's not that they're ugly. It's that they're too small to make fire. They like, they, they cannot like the, the laws of physics make it almost prohibitively impossible for something the size of an insect to be able to manipulate fire the way but that they can. But a swarm can make, there's a swarm can make a fire. Well, I, the, it, the, the, I mean, the, the sheer force and scale and everything like that that you need, like, they're, 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 I mean, yeah, like, it's not, not like anything is impossible, but for the, you know, like, for, for, for any real, into, like, practicality, like, an, an insects cannot manipulate fire. And that's so why. So they literally can't burn down the world to create the next thing that's going to get us off it? More or less. And that's where we're at right now. When you look at the, you know, fucking the, the, the Mars lander or whatever. What, what was the Elon Musk spaceship that just crashed? I was, I forget the name of the, I just, it just, um, and yet Tesla stock down 1%. <laughs> like, you like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, we all like, oh, that's, that stock has gone up so much. All right. It's crazy. Do you think it's, it's worth it? Crazy. Do you think it's good stock? It's worth stock advice. Every <laughs> single, it's, it's, it's worth more than every single car company combined and produces one tenth the number of, of cars. Like get that. And like, or vehicles generally. And like the thing is, it, it does have good tech. It it maybe it's worth that, but I don't know how. Well like, Musk has has honestly in a weird way, he's kind of fo- followed almost a Trumpian route here in a very different style. He's doing but, taxes, like, yeah. he, he, but but he's he's really he's an entrepreneur where all his personality is like so much larger than life. It's but so much larger than life, like because he's kind of like a chill, cool, pot smoking, you know, like you know, billionaire who's willing to actually say all those things on on TV, and he's dating one of the most talented artists alive, you know, and uh, I mean, like he's he's just, he's got his hands in so much, like he's he's genuinely like tabloid, right? I mean, he's and he does that, and he's living that billions lifestyle. I feel like he's decided to just go the full out route with it a little bit. Um, not even a little bit, a lot. But he's also the same person who was disciplined enough to try to live on like three dollars a day for a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and that this there he's not always a detail. Like, he's a much more competent entrepreneur. It goes out saying to Donald Trump because of what he gets people to actually execute for him. You know, mm-hmm. like. When he says, I'm going to start the boring company and they sell flamethrowers, <laughs> that shit happens. And not because he designed flamethrowers for 20 hours a day. He, whatever he says, he has figured out a way to make people create. And like, that matters. Because you can only do so much yourself. Yeah. And Donald Trump has like ways to destroy and create chaos, but he doesn't do well with creation. Well, Donald Trump was always a con man, up, down, and forwards and backwards. I mean, like, that's the whole point. Like, like, look, we just managed to have a good conversation that was a free-ranging, you know, like, pitter-patter between this subject and that subject, and we avoided politics. And that, that, that's, that's what we need. We need, we need to not have this narcissist at the, at the center of the goddamn conversation. And you know, like, I'm just. Did we, we avoid politics? Well, I mean, I'm uh, t- for our standards, yes. You know, yeah, like 
<laughs> what I'm saying is that we can start to look at the future. We created this, man. We fought for this. We helped make this happen. Like we are, we are entering a post-Trump world. You know, and that's that's gotta feel pretty good. You know, like I, I want you to send your hate mail and jinx mail and all the Darwin called it too soon mail and all that to Darwin's Twitter handle, uh, first class reels, uh, all of that because you all watched Captain James McGee, my great friend, best friend, like buddy, podcast. Just, I, God, I love you to death. But this to believe he's done. Sowing all the chaos in the world that he can sow is just no, no. He he's certainly not done sowing all the chaos, but relative to the amount of chaos he's been sowing, we're going to see a a nice uh, you know uplift, a a a a clearing, as it were. Where why do you feel like predicting the future is a good idea? Why do you why do what has what has made you believe that really that, that prediction is like a thing that we should put into the world right now? Because not we, that you shouldn't speak. I don't know, but yeah, we, we have to. Well, we no, we we the the future is. I mean, Billie Eilish says it best. I'm in love with my future. You know, like yeah. what she's saying during the DNC. Like you, you and Matthew McConaughey. We've got to have a good now. relationship with our future. We've got to believe. We've got to hope. You know, like we've got to we've yeah, got to sure. imagine that what's in front of us is better than what came before. And it there's a lot of dark reasons to be pessimistic about our future, but we can be optimistic about the future too. And yeah, finally, I, mean, I am optimistic about the future. I think the we future won, has a lot we of good things. Starship Troopers, right? Like, so when the when the bugs that you think are going to take over the world come at us, and we can have fascism, and the former Starship Troopers go back at them, and it'll be fine. And yeah, that's the future. It will, you know, no, so Wait, it's fine. We, how do we get to fascism? Uh, like, I, no, because like, you're I, talking about bugs. I, all the time we talk about bugs, so I jump back to Starship Troopers. The second you start talking about bugs taking over the planet, <laughs> it's all I can think about is the movie Starship Troopers. Where uh, yeah, yeah. the humans in a form of fascism are like serving against the giant alien bugs, and like it's just and but like you're like well they can take over the planet they got like yeah well maybe that's what happened maybe there's a universe like we don't know anything I mean I feel us. like if if Starship Troopers single handedly turned everybody in Trump world into a wannabe Sergeant Zim who is like the single guy who bumps himself from sergeant to private so that he can go capture the bug. Like, great. By the way, first of all, if you've seen that movie, it is, an, sort of thing. it is an outright fascist movie in a satirical sense. So, there, you know, like, we should not model our society after Starship Troopers, except was for... Was the book satirical, though? Was, I wasn't sure if the I book I actually was never read the book, so I don't know. I just uh, know I, that the I, movie I, I, is I, I, a I satirical look incarnation of it. Yeah, the movie was definitely satirical, but I'm actually not 100% sure that the book was satirical. Which is interesting. Well, I mean that that that's entirely plausible. I mean, obviously, if there's one thing that this modern, I'm, okay, look, I'm sorry. Like, here's another thing that bother, bothers me: the idea that we can't call these people Nazis. You know, like because if you know anything about Nazis and their ideology, you are not as bad as them because you're incredibly stupid. 
and weak and and completely out of shape in a way that the Nazis were not. Okay, so you're not Nazis in that regard. But in terms of ideology, in terms of like what actual economic, cultural, national socialism is, what is transpiring in the in the, in the Trump takeover of the Republican Party is national socialism. That is what it is. Yeah, well, it's like, American, it's like, well, I don't know, it's like American culto socialism. I don't know. It's not even like it, it's 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 his. I mean, he's. Do, do you know how much money we gave to farmers this year? Forty-six billion dollars. Good. As a result of the tariffs, like you know, one of those buried stories that we've heard. But but you know, we entered into a trade war with China. And I like being tough on China, but, you know, being intelligently tough on China is part of the key there. So we, we're, we've nationalized our farming. Steve Bannon is talking about nationalizing the public utility services. They're describing the importance of making sure that every legal vote counts, a.k.a. not the ones that came from these cities where all these black people live. So it's this sort of racially, not sort of, but then aggressively that, racially the motivated uh, economic populism with obsession with military that is national socialism. That is what Hitler believed in. <laughs> and like, one of the things that, one of the interesting things I found out is that a lot of the a biggest piece of his support, like there were actual, you know, socialists and national socialists, but like his biggest piece of his support were like small business owners and craftsmen and laborers. We can talk about this in the last, not laborers, uh, craftsmen and like people who had professions who were not totally screwed and didn't need an employer, but were really like really screwed, but just had enough to survive in after World War One, right? And the way that they felt like socialists were taking property as they were just scraping by with their dignity, that's what they had left, right? Reminds me of how we have 72% of all businesses in America are sole proprietorships. Do you know what percentage of revenue they create? Five. Oh, wow. Like, we do a lot, all do a lot of work, and, like, that's a big deal. Um, And, like, if you see a lot of small business owners supporting Trump and like here's because like there's we're not really we're asking to do a lot of legwork without a lot of the benefit. And this is from like janitors who clean a couple houses to just like you know to you when you're just on like doing some edits on something. You know what I mean at times it's all you can be. And it's not a well protected situation. I don't know. I mean it's well I think a lot of it is cultural. I I I, and 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 I think that that's that that, again like I, I think I said this last episode it's like Trump Trump forced himself into the center of the cultural conversation. He became culture. And in that, and so far as he did, they they managed to kind of, you know, control culture for a little while. And that must have felt good. You know, like it feels good to feel like you're on the team that is the team that everybody's talking about and everybody's looking at and everybody, you know, like you you can luxuriate in the attention, you know. Um and I, I, I'm sorry that you feel aggrieved culturally. I share a lot of those critiques. I've 
made many of those critiques for years and years and years. I've annoyed Matt. We've screamed at each other. You know, like like I have a lot of critiques of leftist culture, but I I don't despise it. I think the way that maybe you do. Right, I because because it's hard Wait, to despise. I despise no, leftist no, no, culture. Not, not, the, 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 not oh, I was like, I mean, know, like I'm not a huge leftist either. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a second, I was like, oh, I, yeah, I understand. I feel like it's. I don't despise much of anything. Well, that's that's we you know? talked about this I for so long. Things, we always, you know? Well, that's because this is what we talked about for so long. And this is why we had all these fights. And we started to come, it's like, it is, it's the paradox of tolerance. And like, the, the only thing you can't tolerate is an ideology that doesn't allow or will begin to shut down actual, like, because they just don't want truth. Like, cancel culture is run by a bunch of people who don't want to listen to that person, right? Like, that's, that sucks. And like, that's not a thing I always want to be, you know, happen or what, like, you know, I might, I might think that some of the people could be listened to and we could have an argument. But then there's a whole group of people who are like saying they want to argue and are just shutting it down, right? They're like they're not arguing with us as they're just shutting yeah. down the conversation. Well, and like, look, look and, and my guy, like, I, I I hate to rail on this guy, but Dave Rubin is such a fucking idiot, and I, I, I yes, I, he I, is. I'm He's so, so stupid. I'm so annoyed. Like, like of all of the people who I was like, okay, these are moderate voices who I can listen to and have reason, like. This this one person, I'm so annoyed by him, and he's like, he's so, so he's posting today about like, okay, well, YouTube is about to shut down any videos that are spread, spreading like election misinformation, and he's like, well, you know, big tech censoring us again, and I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I'm sorry, man, like you you seem to have not appreciated where the situation has progressed, like we're in full on. Like trying to avoid a fucking civil war because one right. side, one side is spreading disinformation at a rate that now an NPR poll said that one quarter of Republicans believed the election was fair. Right. That and this is, and this is, is fucking shocking. Right, and, and it is, is it is that is where all the like all your constitutional values, the social contract, all of it is vested in this polity that is agreed on these sets of norms, and at the core of these sets of norms is democracy. It's the concept that we have ways of adjudicating our differences that are not extrajudicial, and you're trying to tell me that it's just censorship. When YouTube is fighting back against an active domestic terrorism insurgency, like, and yes. it's a stupid one. And, and right I, now it's broadly right. nonviolent, but is saying. And this is why. And this is like, why we gotta have better shit, you know? Like. <laughs> well, this is why we had to start having the conversation about free speech and what we, like, the responsibility of free speech. Without getting so scared about, like, there are, like, all these polls, like, years ago. Like, this all started years ago with little things like, the youth don't really believe in free speech like the youth two polls. Like, literally. And you're like, huh, I wonder what that means on college campus. And then we get towards cancel culture. And, like, and then, like, and a lot of it's just bullshit and being used by, like, the media who needs clicks. And, like, and then 
people like Dave Rubin start to realize that there's an audience and other people do. And then there's actual like Stormfront guy. Like it all begins into well, a and, terror. And, and, like, here's the thing. It's like, like I feel like the, the, the core of the free speech argument and, and the free expression and the, and, and, and fighting back against cancel culture is inevitably it all re- revolves around the same basic assertion about human nature, which is that people are more interesting more intelligent and more complex than your gut reaction would have you believe. Like you're fighting against your gut reaction to see the larger human in another person. And all of that kind of is predicated on an assumption that if shit ever got wild, a lot of these people that you're perceiving as enemies, they wouldn't be your enemies in that situation, right? You know, like, so if if the president of the United States just decided to just say with no evidence that he won the election, like they, they, they'd be on your side in that situation, right? You know, like they, they wouldn't be well, such no, they, would, they, 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 they wouldn't do because <laughs> the human mind doesn't want the truth. Like literally it's just Jack Nicholson into infinity. Like you can't handle the truth. And there's a lot of people who can't. And then there's all the times where you think you have it and you're wrong. Or, like, I don't think, I think people on the right, like, not people on the right, like, I think there's some group of people who support Trump who think anyone who thinks like us believes we have every answer in the world and that, like, that that's the way we want to go forward is just like, I'm correct. You need to listen to what I say and we're going to do it. And, like, no. I actually think there's. I, 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 I don't think there's a conversation. I don't even think it's that they're correct. I honestly think that it's blind subservience to ideas planted in their minds. That's what I think it is. I think it's blind subservience to ideas planted in their minds. Like I, it, it is a, a humiliation culture that, that that where you can gain value if you point and laugh, and so you kind of you you log in. To or 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 turn on or 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 start watching or yeah. listening or whatever like, but you're 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 listening to your talk radio, you're browsing your websites, you're you're seeing your friends post on Facebook. I don't know how you're getting it, but you you learn who the humiliation target is of the day, and you and you make fun of them, and you learn the talking points, and you regurgitate them. And well, I mean, everyone and, does this in different ways. Yes, very much so. It's it's not it's not like a a unique to you but it is all you are at this moment like it is it is the entirety of your philosophy and and to say that there is anything more to that is to give credence to baby toddler two-year-olds screaming that's well question there's no in between there you know i'm sorry let's go back again so let's go back and no so let's go back to this so don't we really need like more than ever so like I talked about why I talk about Mandalorian, which is the one weekly show everyone in America watches right now, right? And like, remember when we used to have every night weekly shows? And like, you didn't have to watch all of them, but like, we had, if we had had Facebook plus a basic TV lineup at night that people could want to watch, like, you could have a conversation about stuff that wasn't politics. But it's completely begun to tear down, and then YouTube is way more interesting. And like a lot of times for kids and like kids grow up on YouTube. So they're not going to have the same conversations and like all of it changes. And I don't know how we create more moments 
where we all want to be on the water cooler because now we have the best water cooler technology that could unite us. And instead it's dividing us because we don't have enough common water or whatever metaphor works there. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there's not enough. Well, I, I, here, I, I actually disagree with you on this a little bit. I, and I, I think that this is one of the weird tricks of the Trump presidency because it's so bifurcated from the rest of culture, right? You know, like you've got this one narcissist who's running his own show and it's it's ridiculous and then you kind of go to the rest of culture and and it's hard to reconcile the two but i think our culture is comprised of a lot of separate information bubbles with searing effects but i think that more often than even before we are meeting on these grounds where we all absorb the same cultural experience at once and I right. think that's kind of what happened with the George Floyd video. I, th- I think you can kind of like highlight that of 2020 and say, look, y- how you experienced it may have been your own thing. But and I, I actually believe that this was true of the Kavanaugh hearings as well. I, I feel like there have been moments that had like record shattering viewership where like we all kind of like were watching the same movie of culture at the exact same time, and then going about and filtering it through these vastly separate bubbles. But we are having those points of connection. Okay, so I think that, I think we're sort of a frog in water at this point. I think we don't remember what normal is because I think those moments were happening on that or close to that level, closer to that level, like every single night, starting in 19... 50 or whenever we started getting the first three, like as soon as you got to a threshold of televisions in households, right? Like I think you were getting that level of commonality on average to talk about stuff. And now we get the moments where we all come together. We get 24 hour cable news, we get Twitter moments, but they're not as many and they're not inherently structured in our lives the way they used to. So yeah, we get them and we think, oh, we had this, but I don't think they're actually as great. I don't know if you remember this. You should actually go back through and read my my review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I put on the top 50 works of art in of, of, of the decade. And that, I do believe, was an expression of an aberration in celebrity culture because I believe that the uh, 20th century was a celebrity culture unlike any that was experienced before and that will be experienced after. And both basically are informed by this unification of culture where everybody's on the same page. Everybody's like looking at the same, like, yeah, they're all watching like the same TV screens. Like in in those days, being a star was being a part of a very, very rigid machinery. And now we're living in the age of of where there's so much information, we can't all be on the same page at once. Okay, it's kind of a reversion to what information was like in the 1800s, where you had most of your information percolated by your very narrow community, and then you would occasionally get glimpses of the outside world. And that means that people like Donald Trump can thrive in our modern culture when you're big, you're bombastic, you you, you know, like you 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 you're constantly starting fights. You know, like it, you can push your way. You and that's the point. You have to push your way into the center. Whereas with the machinery of the nineteen fifties, 
You know, like if you were a celebrity, you were slotted into a, a go-kart that went at the same speed. That was, you know, like a very routine kind well, of culture. One of those go-karts still became president then. And then a new go-kart in a reality TV show form. Like Reagan was doing war advertisements and B-movies and playing. And then he became pre- Like that go-kart built the first president, right? And then... It built a second president in The Apprentice. Like, but, that really you know, just happened. And, and, and you know what happened during the time that Reagan ascended? There were mass protests about racism in America and, and, and sex equality and things like that. You know, like, the, 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 he, he, he was elected governor, I think, in 64? Is that correct? You know, something like that. Um, he, he was governor of California for eight years, I believe. And I, I think it was around like 64 or 72 or something like that. And then he ran for president in 76 um, against uh, Ford and, and made a splash. And then he came back and he did it again and won in 80 against Bush and then shot everybody and won. And, uh, you know, like he was a defining president. I, I, I think he was a good president in a lot of ways. Like I, I, I think that he's horrible in others. You know, I, I, I think that, um, at some point you just have to like, I feel like the more forgiving you are of people like Nixon and Reagan, the, 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 the easier it is to like let go of like old fights. And it's just like, you know, again, like the drug war, you know, put everything else aside, like the drug war that Reagan pushed uh, was was a travesty, you know, and, and everybody got swept up. In Denying it, you know? AIDS, like, essentially. You know, he fucked up a pandemic himself, like him not him being essentially an AIDS denialist for a while. Like, that's just, I mean, it's it's all crazy. It happened and it was real. So, but no, but the, the, the messaging of our time, the most important mediums of our time create people who are as big or become like central poem. And it did it twice. I wonder what the next one will be. Like, is it going to be like a TikTok star? Was it going to be a YouTube it, But here's star? the thing. It's not just who. It's how. Because, and, and this is, I think, the thing that so many people seem to be missing about Trump who are in the Trump orbit. It's like... It's really and I, I I you can copy paste this about cancel culture as well. Like like it's really fun to be in that culture when you are the one doing the pointing. It's a yes. lot less fun when this beast that you have let run wild while everybody else was telling you don't let this run wild turns on you. And 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 a lot of Republican officials who have been doing their job are getting death threats, protesters outside of their homes. I mean, you know, and and you know, look, I, I I'm done. I'm done railing against you know like this fucking election nonsense. Here's here's what I'll say. It's 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 not it's not a coincidence that a lot of this is coinciding with the lockdowns, because I, I think there is a visceral response to the lockdowns that a lot of people are having that is like. You may not know who won, who cheated, who – like you may not care. What you do care about is the lockdowns. And I think a lot of I – think, I think there's a lot of real real anger at them. And I, I think that – I think that, that mild anger is appropriate at this point. I think that they haven't been handled perfectly. There's been a lot of hypocrisy. There's – I mean a shitload of hypocrisy. There's been a lot of anti-science, uh, you know, like – 
decision making in it. There's been well, a lot of not fuck like, anti-science. There has been anti-human decision making. Like there has been anti-human first decision making because everything we think of is about the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we all and like and even if you think of like but we humans, we are the economy. If you were talking about the economy, you're talking about humanity. And we aren't doing this properly. We aren't thinking about this properly. This is what I'm going to talk more about. I'm going to write more about. And I'll talk in the next week. I'll have an announcement next time we like actually do a podcast. But like, I don't think we're putting humanity first in our economics. And I don't think we're, I think it will have to happen. I think it will drive business trends. I think it is driving some business trends now. Because I think humanity first policy is going to be the next, like, is going to be a trend moving well, I, forward. I, I recognize is, that we don't. <laughs> It, like, like, it just, I mean, it's just like, bottom line, it's like people, like, you have to think about the other, we can't, we don't live by our freaking selves in this world. And like, yeah, you need people who are individualists and compete to be better in a lot of ways, but you have to have a, sh- like, a shared responsibility in that, right? Like, why aren't you competing to be the best for everybody? Like, that's, that's part of how you, you would, you need this to be, spelled, you know, you know, structured. The incentives need to be aligned to where my competition for that vaccine is, you know, is about the the, the world being better, you know? And sometimes it has been that way for us. Now, I don't know if it always is now. Well, did, did you watch um, Hillbilly Elegy? I read it. I'm not going to watch it. You're not going to watch it? I read it. I'm not watching it. I mean, it is a... It, uh, I, I I never read it. I I I, I miss that completely. But you know, it, it's a good movie. I mean, I'm sure it is. It wasn't a bad book. It's it's just uh, yeah. I mean, all that's part. I mean, it's there's so many. Well, what what, yeah. I, what I was just kind of like saying. Yeah, what do you, what's you think about? Yeah, you, you, like you're talking about humanity, and I I I I feel like what's you know, it's so it's so interesting to me that basically I feel like more or less what Trump has been able to you know, inflict upon his base is this sense that look at those cities, the whole rest of the state voted one way and that, that, that one county just turned out all these votes for the other guy. Like, what's that mean? Like, well, it's this, it's this, it's pitting of the rural versus the city. It's always been a thing, but it's especially pronounced right now. It's extraordinary. Well, well, Darwin, I just sort of realized this. Like, so you know how they use people who fit identities to be identity politic warriors for them, like Candace Owens and other mm-hmm. people like that. Who, like, honest, he's their rich guy identity warrior, culture warrior. <laughs> he's their he's their person who's like, oh, that's my rich guy who makes who like allows to justify all my thinking. The way, you know, the one guy thinks about this. Movie. Right. He's there. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about this before. He is there. No, that's rich so brilliant. That. That's amazing. That's an amazing analogy. I think you're you know, totally right. Because he can go in there and be like, you know, like, yeah. oh, all these people are corrupt. I've, I've been paying them all yeah. off all these years. He you did know, that. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but I'm not like them because. Yeah. because or I'm your, yeah. It's just, okay. I'm, you know, I'm going to, we'll. I think we're pretty much wrapped up for tonight. We'll record again next week because I'm really enjoying this. Um, but we got to record more stuff. We're going to move things forward on more guests. But uh, yeah, I, I hope our democracy. Oh, yeah. Look, this uh, on, on, the, on the subject of guests, I actually have a proposition yeah. to make right here, right now of who, who our next guest should be. You hear that? People, he's propositioning you. Sorry. We should invite Carrie Chestnut back on to uh, okay. to record with us. She sent me an episode which doesn't even show up in Apple right now, which I was surprised at. 
It was our third episode that we recorded oh, wow. ever. Do, do, get, guess what year it was? 2015? 14? 14. We've been doing it like six years. 2014. Six years. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We've been doing this for six years. And um, she, she uh, texted me she said i just re-listened to that and this still applies right now I was like, please text it to me i'd yeah, like to, I'd I, like to I, find it <laughs> so i i vote we should get her back on and down, chat down. with her but yeah um guys look i'm I, i'm sorry for those of you who are still in bunker mentality but like if you voted for trump if you liked him or if you know people who liked him like Let's all just march into this future together. Tell you what, right? Like, let's just march into this future. Let's not have a civil war. Let's not have some long drawn out. Let's not have one single individual ever be the center of our focus ever again. I don't care who it is. It was never Barack Obama. We didn't spend all day every day talking about Barack Obama. We never did that. And I can sure as hell shit tell you we're not going to spend every day talking about Joe Biden. That is the last thing that we're going to be talking about in many instances. Although, you know, we're, every we're time Darwin is so well. confident in his statement, I cringe inside because I could like. I, I just told you like Joe Biden was going to win. I told you this whole time. I did. Right. Sometimes you're going to be right. Again, we are all on some level broken clocks, but there's all those times when we say stuff like that, and like the world says, "Ha ha, screw you," and uh, and so that's what I think about. Um, but yes, everybody, thank you for listening to Lofty Darwinism. Uh, like us on Facebook, share us, Spotify, Apple, um, all of that, and uh, see you next week. Lofty Darwinism.